Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. Um, okay, our, uh, our series is Blueprint. We're continuing it this morning. And you remember the purpose of this series is for us as a church to take a step back and to look at who we are and what we're about, but also where we're going what our blueprint for the future is. So we've been doing that by walking through our church motto, White's Chapel, where tradition meets today, uh, but also our vision statement, which you can see here on the screen. The last couple of weeks, we've been walking through this. Uh, We've been talking about engaging the heart with missions and outreach. And then last week, uh, stirring the soul with worship. And I know my my soul is very stirred uh, this morning. Uh, And then now we're going to be talking about challenging the mind. We're going to be looking at our understanding of discipleship. And our scripture for today is a beautiful word from the Apostle Paul to his young apprentice Timothy. Our text is from the very end of 2 Timothy, and 2 Timothy is widely considered to be the last letter that Paul ever wrote. And so this is one of the very last things from the very last letter that we have from Paul. At this time, he's imprisoned. He knows his days are numbered. And so he writes to Timothy, offering his best advice. This is kind of his final word. And this is what he says. This is 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing and his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, proclaim the message. Be persistent, whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. Convince, rebuke, and encourage with the utmost patience in teaching. For the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. As for you, always be sober, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, and carry out your ministry fully. Okay, Paul's last letter, his final thoughts for Timothy, and he tells him to get to work discipling people. He says, preach and teach, convince, rebuke, encourage, start forming people because they need it. Go out there and challenge their minds. See, Paul knew the value of discipleship. He knew how important it is for us to be a people who are formed into disciples. And as we can see in our scripture, he also knew about what that youth ensemble just sang about, our rebel hearts. He knew that we have a tendency as human beings to cheapen it, to try and find the easy way out. Uh, Paul's words remind me of a book I've been reading recently. I'm only about a third of the way through it, but it's really good so far. And it's by a pastor from New York named Rich Velotis. Uh, His book is entitled A Deeply Formed Life. And it's all about uh, discipleship and spiritual formation. And in the introduction, Rich tells a story that partially inspired uh, the the heart behind this book. And the story is about a time when Rich was in college. He was supposed to be giving a 30-minute presentation on a book about postmodernism in the church. Real page-turner, I'm sure. Uh, But the problem was, he didn't read the book. 
He read the dust cover. He skimmed the chapter outlines. But that was it. That was the extent of his research on this book. And so he gets up to do his presentation, and uh, at about halfway through it, about 15 minutes in, his professor stops him. And his professor says, Rich, did you read this book? And he said, no, I didn't read the book. He admitted that he didn't, and, and he thought at this point he was going to be asked to sit down. That he would be given a zero, a bad grade, and, and that he would just kind of go sit in shame. But that's not what happened. His professor said, okay, keep going. Finish your presentation. And so he did. He did the last 15 minutes, and uh, the class ends, and he's trying to sneak out so that he doesn't have to talk to any of his peers who had laughed at him or, or, or this professor that had called him out. But as he was kind of getting out the door, his professor stops him and pulls him aside and said, I need to talk to you. And this is what his professor, uh, this is what Rich Velotis' professor said to him that day. This is what he writes in his book. His professor said, Rich, you have a gift for reading the dust cover of a book and being able to give a 30-minute presentation on it. <laughs> but you also have a curse. The curse is you will be tempted to believe that you can live your life off your gifts and not do the deep work of character formation. Your gifts can only take you so far, but there are no such limits when it comes to a life marked by deep character. Rich based the, uh, the premise of his book on this idea. The idea that he had a choice. He could, he could live his life reading dust covers, only allowing himself to be shallowly formed, or he could choose to challenge himself to really do the work. He could choose to be deeply formed. And I think this is a choice that all of us have to make. It's a question that all of us have to ask. How will we be formed? Deeply or shallowly? Because Rich makes the argument in his book that when it comes to discipleship, much of Christian culture, many of us, choose the latter. We only let God work on the surface of our lives. And that's what it is to be shallowly formed. Uh, I'm going to borrow the language that Rich uses in this book because I, I just think it's really useful, this, this idea of shallowly formed and deeply formed. Uh, and not only do I think it's useful, I can relate to it. Because if I'm being honest, I know there have been many times in my life when I have only let myself be shallowly formed. When I was, at, when I was in seminary at SMU, uh, I had to take a class called Spiritual Formation. It was a requirement for graduation. You had to take it in order to get your diploma. And it was supposed to be a class that was entirely dedicated to our own personal discipleship. And so it was designed to be an easy class. We would talk about spiritual practices. We would do spiritual practices. We would discuss ways to connect with God. Well, at that time, I was not super into this class. I, I didn't think it was valuable to me because there were no assignments outside of class. There were, there were no grades that were given. And so I just viewed it as a hoop I had to jump through. Uh, well, one day I go into class, and our topic that day was sacred silence. And so my professor tells us that we're going to practice this. We're going to sit in a circle, and we're going to be silent for the entirety of our 45-minute class period. And so we do this, and she turns off the lights, and it couldn't have been more than maybe 90 seconds before I passed out. I fell asleep, and I fell asleep hard, which wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Other people had their eyes closed, and so I might have gotten away with it, 
if it wasn't for the fact that I snore like a train. <laughs> and so apparently, slowly but surely, I started snoring. And it got louder and louder and louder until finally I was disturbing all of these wonder, wonderful seminarians' time of sacred, holy, contemplative silence. Well, luckily I had a buddy in the class and he kicked me really hard with his boot and he woke me up and I shot up and I looked at my professor and I could tell she was not super pleased because this was supposed to be a time for us to deepen in our discipleship. This was supposed to be a time for us to lean into a difficult practice, to learn about silence. It wasn't supposed to be a time when we took aggressively loud naps. But honestly, I, I think a lot of us treat our discipleship this way. We know we're called to grow and mature in our faith. We know we're called uh, to, to really be discipled. But rather than allowing ourselves to do that, rather than allowing ourselves to try out these hard practices, to lean into challenges, we go to sleep. Maybe you've made that same mistake that Rich made in his class or that I made in mine. Maybe you've been hesitant to push into challenging places. Maybe you haven't let God work on those tender spots of your life. Look, I think if we're being honest, this morning all of us have rebel hearts. We're all tempted to choose shallow formation. Which is why Paul is so emphatic in what he writes to Timothy in our scripture. He says, I want people to be challenged. For people to really experience growth in their relationship with God. He says, Timothy, you've got to go out. You've got work to do. You've got to preach and teach and convince and rebuke and encourage. Because Paul saw the same issues in the church 2,000 years ago that we still have today. They had fallen into apathy. They had only read the dust cover. They were sleeping through the hard stuff. And Paul warns Timothy of this because he says it leaves them susceptible to bad doctrine. And you know what? This is still true for us today. When we are shallowly formed, we begin having those itching ears that Paul warns of. When we're shallowly formed, we can be easily deceived. Remember what we just read. Paul says, for the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires. They'll turn away from listening to truth and they'll wander away to myths. He says, watch out, people are going to have itching ears. They're going to wander away to myths. They'll be easily fooled. And look, we don't want to think that this is us. But if we aren't careful, and if we choose shallow formation, it can be. There's a Netflix show called Magic for Humans. And the premise is that this magician uh, tricks unsuspecting people into believing that his magic, his illusions, are actually real. And so I'm going to show you all a clip from it, but before I do, I want you to know that everybody in this clip is an actor. Every single person is in on the joke, except for the guy in the gray shirt. Let's watch. Blanket. 
You guys ready to do this? Let's go. Yeah. Let's do it. All right, here we go. Mike, sit up straight. I'm gonna cover you up. Here we go. Don't move. Let's make him invisible on the count of three. One, two, two three. And Jonathan is now a believer. You ready? Oh, no. no. Okay, here we go. <laughs> invisible on the count of three. One, two, two three. They did not vanish. You cannot see them or hear them. Let me show you what I mean here. With your right hand, I want you to grab this can. I feel you, I feel you, don't let go. I got it, there we go, perfect, perfect. Nice holding on to it. That's perfect, that's perfect, that's perfect. I'm gonna grab it. Jonathan, we can't see you or hear you, but will you just grab the can? Yeah, there we go, there we go. There we go. And now for the fun part. Shoot, I'm sorry. This will just take one minute. I'll bring, um, it's an emergency. Hey, it's Justin, I'm sorry. Are you ready? Yeah. One, two, three. <laughs> oh, man, it's just a freaking thing. <laughs> <thing. laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> it must be a trick floor. Okay, the reason I show you this video is because it takes so little evidence for this guy to believe something that is physically impossible. It takes some oohs and some ahs and a pre-staged fake picture, and he really believes he's invisible. He thinks he has gained a superpower. And this video actually goes on and he ends up walking around and he's kind of like testing it out, waving his hand in people's faces and dancing around a little bit because he thinks no one can see him. He thinks he's invisible. He doesn't realize that all of those people are paid actors and he's being recorded. And look, as easy as it is and as much as, me, uh, as, much as we may want to laugh at this guy's expense, this is exactly what, what Paul is warning Timothy of. When we're shallowly formed, this is what we're like. We can be easily swayed into believing things that are far from the truth. We can have itching ears. See, itchy ears are, are the result of being shallowly formed. Shallow formation leaves us in a place where it doesn't take much for us to fall for that bad doctrine, that bad theology. Where it doesn't take much for us to start creating our own echo chambers. Where people look like us and sound like us and think like us. Where it doesn't take much for us to start to believe we're invisible. You know what, y'all? Sadly, there is a lot of bad theology out there. There are people who will tell you who God does and does not love. And there are people out there who commit acts of hate or violence, and then they will hold up a sign that says the name of Jesus. And let me tell you, that is the definition of taking his name in vain. And there are people out there who say that, that, that natural disasters are God's way of punishing cities. And then there are less obvious forms of bad doctrine out there too. There are lots of churches who preach prosperity gospel. The idea that if you just check a couple of boxes, life is gonna be easy and you'll be wealthy and healthy and good looking. 
And so many people want to believe this last one because it makes discipleship easy. It's the definition of shallow formation. But it's like theologian Stanley Hauerwas, professor at Duke Divinity, says. He says, it's hard to remember that Jesus didn't come to make us safe, but rather to make us disciples. See, none of that bad theology is any truer than the guy in the gray shirt actually being invisible. Jesus didn't come to make us safe. He came to make us disciples. And so we shouldn't choose to keep Jesus at arm's length. We shouldn't only let him work on the surface of our lives. We shouldn't choose to be shallowly formed. We should choose to be deeply formed. Deep formation was Paul's desire for the church and for us. I think he saw some of this bad theology forming. He saw some of that shallow formation happening. And so he decides to write this word of instruction to Timothy. Remember, this is, this is the last thing Paul writes before his death. He says, be persistent. Whether the time is favorable or unfavorable, convince and rebuke and encourage with the utmost patience in your teaching. He says, Timothy, deep formation is going to take time, so you've got to be patient in what you're teaching. Because this discipleship stuff is hard work. It can't be done overnight. It's going to take effort and care and intentionality. It's going to take focus. And you know what? I think Paul is absolutely right. And so the question is, how do we do it? Because there are a lot of ways to follow Jesus. There are a lot of ways to grow in our discipleship. And so maybe the better question is, where do we start? How do we make sure we are a people who are deeply formed, a people who read the whole book and not just the dust cover, a people who stay awake in our classes, a people who don't get tricked into believing we're invisible? And I think it starts with our relationship with the Bible. The Bible is our greatest source of discipleship. It is our foundation. We learn to be disciples by learning about the one whom we've chosen to be a disciple of. This is something I learned from my favorite professor in one of the seminary classes that I actually stayed awake in, which was most of them, don't worry. Um, but his name was Dr. Roy Heller. And he had a model for discipleship through scripture that I just love. And I want to share it with y'all this morning. Dr. Heller was my Old Testament professor, and he was just a genuinely great guy. And he had this love of the Bible. It was like, it was like I had never experienced before. I mean, he, he would start to cry when he would talk about it. Uh, and he used to say that there were five levels to engaging with scripture. And the first is to hear it. We hear it used in a sermon. We hear it referenced. We hear it in conversation. And, and this is good. But if it's the only way that we ever engage with the Bible, we're probably going to stay in that shallowly formed place. And so the next is to actually read it to open it up for ourselves and start spending time with it, to set some time aside in the morning or at night, to set a reminder on your phone, to, to, to just read a couple of verses maybe. The third level is when we start to mark it up. We write in the margins, we leave our questions on the side, we highlight things that are meaningful to us or things that maybe we don't quite get. And then the next level is to learn it. 
We get involved in a Bible study or a small group. We start addressing those things that we don't get. Maybe we read the notes of our study Bible. Maybe we have a conversation with a pastor. Maybe we have some healthy debate with a friend. And then, lastly, after we've heard it and read it and marked it and learned it, we become it. We inwardly digest it and it becomes a part of us. It's like the food we eat. We consume it and then it turns into our energy. It fuels us out in the world. We live it. And so we hear it, and we read it, and we mark it, and we learn it, and we become it. And this is a fantastic place to start if we want to be deeply formed. See, to be deeply, or to be shallowly formed, is to have those itching ears that Paul writes about. To be shallowly formed is to try and make Christianity easy. But to be deeply formed is to have an itching mind and an itching soul. A mind that itches to be challenged. A soul that hungers to know the Lord more. And that's the hope for this church. That we would fall in love with scripture. That we would have itching souls. That we wouldn't just read the dust cover or fall asleep in class. That we wouldn't just hear the word, but that we would read it and mark it and learn it and love it and become it that we would open ourselves to being deeply formed. Those are the people we want to be. Those are the disciples we want to be. That's the church we want to be. And so here's the blueprint for that. Each week in this series, John and Todd have been casting some vision for what we want the future to look like in terms of mission and worship and today discipleship. And I want to show you some of the aspirations that we have for the future. First, we want to make sure that we're creating curriculum and content. Very simply, we want to create content that helps make disciples. We want to create content and curriculum that won't allow us to stay shallowly formed. Stuff that really pushes us to try new things, to lean in into the hard stuff. And we want to make sure that we are intentionally engaging different generations. That whether you are very literally younger or older, or whether you are or, or younger in your faith journey, or whether you've been walking with Jesus and talking with Jesus for 75 years, we want to make sure that you can come to this place and be discipled wherever you fall on that spectrum. And we want to effectively leverage changing technology and social media. If COVID taught us anything, it's that we have to do this. We want to connect with people far and wide. We want to make sure that our discipleship isn't just happening for one hour on Saturdays and Sundays. We want to make sure that we're becoming disciples anywhere, anytime, and that your phone can actually be a tool for that. We want to reach people, and we want to constantly audit our programs. We have so many things going on here at the church and so we want to look at our kids' ministry and our student ministry and men's and women's and marriage and, and spiritual formation and everything we do, Bible studies and worship, all of it. And we want to ask the question, is this working? And if it is, we want to throw gas on that fire. And if it isn't, we want to figure it out. And lastly, we want to continue uh, doing more online discipleship, having opportunities for that, uh, providing resources. 
We've been doing this more over the last couple of years. We've uh, been making videos. Uh, just a couple of months ago, uh, I started a podcast called Next Question. Uh, you can send your questions, by the way, to questions at whiteschapelumc.com. Please do that. Not so subtle plug. Please send your questions in because that's what we use. We take questions from the congregation, and then I interview a pastor or church staff, and we answer your questions. And they run the gamut. Uh, we have done everything from is cereal soup and are boneless wings basically just chicken nuggets all the way to what do we do about some of the, the, the terrible things that Christians have done throughout history and what is evil and how do I deal with my anxiety? Like I said, it's a spectrum. But look, we want to do all of this and we want to do more. Because we don't want to be a church that's shallowly formed. We want to be a church that is deeply, deeply formed. And so church, let's read the whole book. Let's stay awake in class. Let's not be easily fooled into thinking we're invisible. Let's hear it and read it and mark it and learn it and love it and become it. Let's be a church that is deeply formed by our love of Scripture and, and, and most importantly, our love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Will you pray with me? Will you pray with me? God, help us to be a people who are deeply formed. God, we confess that we have taken the easy way out far too many times. We have tried to keep our faith on the surface. And so, Lord, my prayer is that you would help us to take that next step, whatever that is. God, if it's opening our Bible a little bit more often, help us to do that. If it's, if it's including Sabbath in our life, if it's incorporating silence, if it's getting involved in a Bible study or a small group, whatever it is, Lord, help us to take that next step. And God, if it's a baby step, that's okay. If it's a giant leap, help us to trust you to, to take the jump. God, convict us, convict our hearts right now to take that next step, to be your disciples. God, we do it so that we can make more disciples, so that we can make sure people know about who you are and how much you love us. We pray all of this in the name of our rock and our redeemer, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.